listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast where we're refreshed and we're ready to start week three. As always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up, man? I, I had a rough one on Sunday. All that traveling, I think, got to me. I was It was a struggle to get through that one. Yeah, well, you, you actually didn't sound that worse for uh, as, you know, for being on the road for that long. Uh, you didn't sound too bad. Uh, you feel you, you feel revitalized after seeing your Cleveland Browns uh, take on the New York Jets. Oh, boy. Uh, that's a way to close out week two right there. No kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're going to really close up week two and, and put our eyes towards week three where we go ahead and finish up the Sunday night, Monday night recap. Uh, we go over a ton of news and injuries. I mean, that's... Oh, boy. I mean, it was big for that. And then one of our favorite segments where we do real or fake, where we look back at week two performances, both good and bad, determine something to buy into or something that's just a blip on the radar, so to speak. And then... A just, blip? Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just do a quick <laughs> Thursday night preview to get week three started. Let's go ahead and travel back to Sunday night where the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Atlanta Falcons 20 to 24. And I just want to give four notes on the game and then I'll toss it to your your thoughts here. Um, boy, the Eagles offensive weapons were beat up the entire game. It was just every time you look, somebody was going down early and often for the Eagles. So that's something to, uh, that we're going to talk to here once we get to the injuries uh, portion of the show. Second note, what is going on with Devonta Freeman? And uh, I'm saying saying that because we're going to be talking about him later when we get to another segment. Overall, it looked like a very sloppy game. And obviously, when you lose all of your pass catching options on one side of the equation, uh, it's going to lend itself to that. And then the last point I had about the game and last note was Julio Jones wins the game on a beautiful crackback block where Jake Matthews just pancaked a guy and Julio just outran them all to take it to the house and win the game. But, you know, outside of that, it was just a weird sort of messy, sloppy game all the way around. What were your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, it was a messy game, but it was an entertaining game. Yeah. So, I mean, this was something that uh, held my attention through the entire time. And uh, it was – I agree with you. What is going on with Devonta Freeman? Um, I have no idea. Uh, and also, I think it's fair to say what's going on with the Philadelphia running game. You know, while Miles Sanders looks to be the main guy there, uh, I think a lot of people expected more of Jordan Howard, uh, who, who's been largely ineffective. Um, so right now, I, I think it's Sanders' job to lose. Uh, and for all those people who expected a big showing out of Deshaun Jackson, uh, that injury um, really ruined potentially your fantasy night because he, you know, has been good for double digit points and a couple long touchdowns here and there in this first um, couple weeks. And here you are, or the first week at least, and here you are uh, when he throws you up a, a dud ski. Um, you're expecting to get, um, you know, some big time plays out of him. Him and Alshon Jeffrey beat up 
Um, and it really took a, a big play from Julio to save his night and the night of Matt Ryan in large part as well. Uh, not a lot of fantasy action, but just good, entertaining football, in my opinion. And that throw by Carson Wentz falling down where his knees almost on the ground. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really impressive. And that caught my eye. But yeah, I mean, it was really four players that to me, you got good end results from on the Falcon side yeah it, it took a big play but Julio Jones 106 and 2 on 5 receptions Calvin Ridley 105 and 1 on 8 and then on the Eagles side the resurrection of a guy I had high hopes for last year when we gave our bold not takes uh, for our first season yeah. of the podcast Nelson Aguilar comes back to life basically by attrition and he goes for 8 107 and 1 but he dropped one that could have won the game for the Eagles uh, sealed it yeah I mean he was free on that sideline uh he catches that ball uh there's a likelihood he's gone and that that's game over uh so yeah that, that's a big drop but I, I don't know you like aguilar at all going forward bob i mean as long as it looks like alshon and deshaun are going to miss at least one game so for one week yeah you have to because who else is catching the ball outside of right. zach Ertz, who had 16 targets but only could convert that to 8 to 72 so yeah for a one week if you're looking for that fill in uh it could be possibly more than that but once the full allotment of weapons are back now i mean he didn't do anything mm-hmm. the first week when everybody was available so right so dan let's move on to monday night and uh, even though the score looks like cleveland dominated 23 to 3 it really wasn't to me a great performance it was the defense dominating luke mother falk <laughs> after Trevor Simeon just goes down off a, it, it looked ugly. I, I don't, I don't do well with leg injuries because I yeah. broken ankles myself. So that type of stuff, it's not easy for me to watch. But Luke Falk didn't look bad. The defense just overwhelmed him. But really, it was one single play from Odell Beckham that turned in what was a a poor game from Baker Mayfield. Outside of that play, he looked poor to me. Um, what, what were your overall thoughts? I like Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be a complete workhorse. Outside of that, I don't know who I'm trusting on the Jets' side, especially if Falk's the quarterback moving forward. Yeah, I thought Baker Mayfield kind of has been – uh, I mean, you're, you're hearing the announcers compare him to Brett Favre, and uh, I don't I don't really agree with that comparison quite yet. Uh, I agree with it in, in the aspect of he throws some ill-advised balls to yeah. make big plays, uh, but I, I don't necessarily see like the crazy sidearm throws that Favre used to give you, and I don't see the rocket arm. Uh, that Favre gave you. I mean, Baker's got a great arm. Baker's a great quarterback. Uh, I, I just don't think that the Favre comparison is exactly fair. Um, I mean, outside of Odell Beckham, he, he made a night, a couple of nice throws to Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, uh, and, and don't forget, I, don't, I uh, don't know what to think of this offense. Now. Uh, Odell with another sick one-handed catch right on the side. Oh yeah, he's just Absolutely. he's nasty when he's healthy. I mean. <laughs> I think this might be the game where the upward explosion for Odell happens because he wants six for 161 and one. And as you could see, he still has the ability to take that sort of quick slant sort of route and just break it and then completely blows past the the defensive backfield uh, for any defense. I think this might be the game where they say, okay, let's really get this guy the ball and let him dominate. But... As far as the rushing game, Dan, Nick Chubb, 62 yards on 18 attempts, one touchdown. 
four for 36. Knowing that Duke Johnson's gone and there's really nobody behind him. Uh, are you Kareem Hunt waiting in the wings? Uh, are you happy with Nick Chubb's performance so far through two games? Or are you a bit disappointed? Mm. I, I have the vibe that I'm disappointed because I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm 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 disappointed too. I mean, I thought he'd be, I think he, I thought he'd be good for at least hundred yards on the ground uh, and a couple catches in 50, 50, 60 yards through the air, um, in, in a TD. Uh, it just. I mean, he's obviously a focal point of the offense. I just expected him to turn out more big plays than what I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought... I he, think right now with how he's playing, uh, I, I think, frankly, it leaves the door open a little bit for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt becomes a little bit more intriguing if Chubb can't put together some better games than this because I said it whenever we started the season, if Chubb can assert himself as a every down back where he is he, you cannot take him off the field you can't afford not to have him in there then Kareem Hunt's not going to be a huge factor uh, but with the way these first two weeks have gone I, I feel like if Kareem Hunt can come back and give you one or two decent games uh, just being the third down back he's going to keep pushing Chubb for time and you're going to be in a, a real timeshare type situation for a guy you probably drafted in the second round expecting him to be, you know, the big dog on campus. Yeah, I, I thought he'd be n- maybe not to the same level, but more around what Dalvin Cook's doing in Minnesota. I thought he could do right. that Wow, he's the only dog in town, but he, it, it's not. And yeah, like I said, but Dalvin me, Cook has been spectacular these, best, <laughs> these first two weeks. Yeah, he, I mean, awesome. And, and yeah, for, like I said, I briefly mentioned it. Le'Veon Bell, 21 for 68 on or 21 attempts for 68 yards on the ground, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 61 yards. It's not going to be pretty, but if you play on any PPR format, he's a must start because Falks is going to dump it down to him, it looks like. So I think you're still safe as 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 long as you have Le'Veon Bell uh, on your t- on your team. I don't think you're really sitting him at all. Yeah, I mean, you have to play him because you invested the draft capital to get him. But I think you've been disappointed in the first two weeks because he's not even close to what he's been, what he had, um, you know, while he was in Pittsburgh. And I, and I don't, I don't know if he'll ever get that type of production out of him while he's in um, the Jets because he's not, frankly, he's not one of those, you know, breakaway seventy-yard down the field type runners. Like he's a, he's a plower, he's a patient runner. Uh, he runs between the tackles. He's going to churn out yards. Um, but he also used to benefit from being up a, a touchdown or two where they could just really grind the clock with him. Uh, now, to me, they're playing from behind a whole heck of a lot. So where the rush numbers are going to go down, I feel like the, the passing numbers will go up. You just have to hope he can score a touchdown here or there um, in the upcoming weeks. And that that's what it is. He's going to just stat stuff it with around 30 touches possibly. So I, I think he's going right. to be safe as a mid-level RB1 moving forward. So, yeah, that closes up the week two game reviews, Dan. Um, I want to move on to important news and really important injuries. So let's start off with the quarterbacks, Dan. Let me read through the three quarterback tidbits I have, and then if you just want to provide some feedback, and then we'll move on to the next position. Obviously, the two big ones. 
Big Ben, done for the year, season-ending elbow surgery. Apparently, he was playing with some inflammation um, that wasn't necessarily reported. And, yeah, you could see him wincing on a few throws. Uh, Did not look good. Drew Brees slated to miss six weeks with a torn thumb ligament. I I did see some news, too, where that time frame is really going to be confirmed when he does uh, do the procedure on it. So, you know, they're saying six weeks could be more. I don't know if it's going to be less but that's a bummer and then Trevor Simeon last night uh, just got trounced on by Miles Garrett and just all the weight fell back on his leg he's done with uh, an ankle injury that was pretty nasty so yep. obviously big blows uh, the Jets not not so much because I don't think they had the aspirations but the Steelers and, and Saints had Super Bowl type aspirations and now at least for the Steelers I, I don't see that can, can the Saints sort of tread water because they know Drew Brees is coming back we'll have to see yeah and and from the fantasy perspective this is a devastating development for um, those of us who invested in Juju Smith-Schuster as a first round pick uh, because now he's effectively got a I mean Mason Rudolph has been in the league for a little bit but let's be honest he's kind of like a rookie he's not started games before um to me, this is a huge downtick in value for Juju, maybe a bit of an uptick in value to Vance McDonald, who had a nice game last week getting in the end zone twice with Rudolph at the helm. Um, but I also think that maybe things get a little bit more difficult for James Conner, too, uh, because if I'm a defense, I'm, I'm making Mason Rudolph beat me through the air. Uh, let's see what you got in that arm. And, and I think the same thing goes to um, New Orleans, where you some of us invested first round draft picks and Michael Thomas, um, where, whereas Michael Thomas, you know, he, he could be okay. Uh, I don't know if he's going to turn in a top five fantasy performance this season without Drew Brees though. Um, but I think the one person honestly, who's not hurt by that is Kamara because of the amount of work he can do out of the backfield and, um, turning those short pass plays into big touchdowns. Um, I, I think maybe Kamara, is okay, um, but Michael Thomas and Juju with these injuries to these elite quarterbacks, uh, you know, they they really kind of take the wind out of your sails a little bit um, from a from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, it's just big big injuries that yeah affect really at, at round one and round two players and, and the running yep. backs and wide receivers from both teams. I'm curious to see what happens with James Washington. I mean, he did play with Mason Rudolph and. In college, and Dante Moncrief seriously right. cannot catch a cold at this point, which is uh, dumbfounding for how well, great he you, sounded in, in preseason. Well, if you remember the the, the game on Sunday, uh, he was on the sidelines quite a bit. There, yeah, I think he's done. So, he, he's so done. I don't know if, if the coaches have kind of said, you know what, it's not working out right now uh, until you show us that you can get back into it. Um, we're going with James Washington, um, which is fine. You got saw, got saw a little bit of Deontay Johnson in there too, um, but uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, this is a huge game for the Steelers, I think, coming up for the season um, because uh, it's it's a game that you should win. If you don't win this game, I mean, the first two games are against tough teams. If you don't win this game, uh, then the season is really in jeopardy. Uh, but they upgrade the defense, grabbing uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, which should fortify the defensive backfield. But at the same time, uh, if you don't score 
Oh, uh, you're in trouble. It's it's a real coin flip for that for that for our hometown team right now, Bob. Yeah, I, I like the pickup of Minka Fitzpatrick because you're still controlling him under rookie salaries. So I mean, we never do something like this as a Steeler. So I'm curious to see right. him, Joe Hayden. I, I actually the defense hasn't showed it, but I think because the offense has been so poor, I'm curious to see what happens. It sounds to me like they they want to get more defensive to to protect against the growing pains with Rudolph. But let's go right. ahead, uh, Dan. I got four running back pieces pieces of news I want to go through. LaShawn McCoy, uh, his ankle showed no significant damage. He does have a shot to play in week three. Uh, James Conner, knee, said he's confident he'll suit up for the week three matchup against the 49ers. He's not dealing with any tears or significant knee damage. Uh, Devin Singletary hamstring considered day to day. They're still gathering information. Hamstring injuries are a little tricky, so sort of something to pay attention to there. And then Josh Jacobs uh, is dealing with a groin issue. Another uh, as as far as a running back that could be a little tricky. Tough matchup against the Vikings, so they're probably fading him even if he does play, depending on your options. But uh, Dan, thoughts on those four pieces of running back news? Uh, I mean, I, I flexed Devin Singletary this week uh, and I texted you about halfway through um, the the you know the first games and I said is he even touching the ball um, so uh, the hamstring kind of explains it to some degree uh, but I think they like really like what they're getting out of Frank Gore there so uh, I'm not sure what to think about that Singletary one Connor uh, he sounds like he's not worried about it so I'm not going to worry about it um, I think the biggest name in these four that has the biggest name to have biggest chance to have an impact uh, is LaShawn McCoy because not only is LaShawn McCoy you know, dealing with a little bit of an injury concern, um, but so is Damian Williams, who they are saying is going to be their number one or who they wanted to be right. um, their number one, uh, has a has a knee bruise. So, you know, if we're looking for like maybe a little glimpse of, hey, Shady's going to kind of establish himself uh, as, as the number one there. This could be the week, even though they got a, a really tough matchup with the Ravens this week. So uh, the one that interests me the most, I suppose, this far, thus far is McCoy. Uh, yeah. Josh Jacobs, I think, will be fine, hopefully. But brutal matchup. <laughs> right. Yeah, against the Vikings, that's a tough one, too. Yeah, with that LaShawn McCoy, you want to keep an, uh, sort of a heads up on that one. Um, with waivers coming up, you may want to look at Darwin Thompson if you're either the Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy owner. It's a tough matchup against the Ravens, like you said, but you know, in case if these injuries prolong, you know, if you need running back help, he could be somebody that uh, I'd, I'd want any piece of the Chiefs offense. But, Dan, let's go ahead For and sure. move to the wide receivers. Michael Gallup, who's really been playing well, um, not a guy yeah. I necessarily paid too much attention to in draft right. season. Um, uh, he looks to be missing two to four weeks. Uh, he's having arthroscopic surgery to trim his meniscus, so not a full tear or anything. Could miss up to a month. Uh, we mentioned the Eagles wide receivers. Um, I typed up the notes earlier today, but uh, Deshaun Jackson looks like he's going to miss possibly two games uh, with his injury. Um and then Alshon, uh, you know, I've heard anything from he's just in doubt for week three, so it sounds like he's going to miss, too. He could miss multiple weeks. So right. uh, this is where we said Alshon, you know, and, and Djax are out. This could be an opening for Aguilar as well as J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, somebody that we liked, especially leading up to our dynasty drafts. And then – yeah. 
Um, sorry, Dan, let me just close up the one go, other one and then go, do your go, recap. Go, go. Uh, go, go. Tyrell Williams uh, dealing with a hip pointer. It sounds like he's going to play, but once again, rough matchup. So uh, against the Vikings, he's been looking good as the lead dog in Oakland, but something you want to pay attention to. So, Dan, I know you wanted to go ahead and talk, it sounds like, about the Eagles. So what, what are your thoughts on these wide receiver injuries? Yeah, I think that with Deshaun Jackson out, and with um, Alshon Jeffrey gone, I mean, I think that Nelson Aguilar probably jumps up to your, I mean, uh, probably your top target off the wire this week, other than the guy in uh, Kansas City. Yeah, uh, Robinson. Those, yeah, Robinson. Those two probably are, are close to the top there, if not the top fantasy uh, waiver wire pickups this week. Um, Aguilar, I think you could get multiple weeks out of, but at the same time, um, last year when he was supposed to be the lead dog, uh, he disappointed. So I'm not sure what to think about him. Um, you would hope, uh, Zach Ertz has been a little bit of a fantasy disappointment because he probably invested an early draft pick in him. I know I did, uh, expecting him to put up, um, at least some wide receiver two type numbers. Uh, but with how productive the wide receivers had been, uh, there was a big drop-off in his production. So maybe you'll get some uh, payback or some pay, paying it forward here with some Zach Ertz action um, because of these injuries. And what a bummer for Tyrell Williams. I hope he can play. I hope he's okay uh, to go kind of, of a, you know, to emerge the last couple of weeks as such a great fantasy option to be the lead dog in that offense. Uh, hopefully he can get it right. But you're right, tough matchup against the Vikings, Bob. Yeah, and then there's only one tight end bit of news, and it was from the Monday night game. David Njoku got his legs taken out uh, on a leaping reception, suffered a concussion, uh, did not return to the game. Obviously, concussions are tricky. See Jordan Reed. Um, but um, yeah, this is a guy I wasn't high on because, I mean, in theory, he burned me last year in the playoffs when he had yep. the, the world handed to him. Um, so, I, you know, this is one where you're, you're probably looking at the wire if he's your only tight end for somebody like a Greg Olson or or something along that. But uh, I, so like, I think you've mentioned, you know, there's Will Disley out there. Tight end has been surprisingly deeper than recent memory. So much, he, yeah, much better than last season already. It's been wild. So, so yeah, that was the only tight end news. So yeah, obviously some big injuries coming out of week two. It's unfortunate. A lot of big time players there, but Dan, let's go ahead now and do one of our favorite segments where we look back at the performances from week two and decide if they are real or are they fake. If you've listened to the Not Takes Fantasy Football podcast before, you know just how much we love the draft app. We continually do best ball drafts throughout the year, and during the season, we have a weekly segment called Getting Drafty on Draft that drops every Thursday. Now we are proud to announce our affiliation with the best fantasy app out there. We would greatly appreciate if you would support our show by using our new link, draft.com forward slash not takes. For those of you that don't already have a FanDuel or Draft account, signing up to Draft using that link gets you a free $3 entry to any contest of your choice after your initial deposit. We personally recommend a season-long best ball draft, and trust us, when you start, you're going to be hooked. Once you get your account situated, come challenge myself or Dan on draft. You can find me, Bob, on draft at NotTakesBob. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-B-O-B. 
And you can find Dan at DJ Benoit 33. That's DJ B-E-N-W-A 33. Once again, our link is draft.com forward slash not takes. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S. We can't wait to see you all get drafty on draft with us. If you're new to the Tuesday slash Wednesday episode, uh, we, we do the real or fake performances from the previous week. It really gives us a chance to examine both the good and bad from what happened. And, and, and it makes us think, based on those performances, is this something that you can trust moving forward? Is this something that is alarming and you need to really uh, maybe distance yourself from a player? And what we do is we look at good and bad performances from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And Dan, I'm going to start with the quarterback, and you're going to see a theme with this team. Uh, It was Jimmy Garoppolo, 17 for 25, 297, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Week one against Tampa Bay was not too good, 18 for 27, 166, one and one. But this week, he really turned it around. He was able to get multiple pass catchers involved in Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Raheem Mostert. Uh, Is this the real deal, or was it him just picking on a pretty bad defense i think it was him picking on a pretty bad defense yeah um i I don't expect him to go out and do this every week um and deep enough that you're you don't really need to worry now um but at the same time there's a lot of injuries now all of a sudden yeah so if you have a guy like ben if you had a guy guy like you know what you could do a lot worse than taking a fire on him by now lamar jackson is gone um by now and and also frankly if you have cam newton who is potentially not going to play this week um why not throw in a jimmy g um he's going against the steelers defense that just gave up 300 and multiple touchdowns to russell wilson um he's going up against the steelers defense that got shredded by tom brady now now granted Jimmy G is not Tom Brady and he's not Russell Wilson. Um, But at the same time, uh, you know, maybe this is why they traded for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, because they have been shredded through the air. So uh, I think with the injuries that you have, it's not a bad idea to take a flyer on him at this point because, you know, you could get in early. So while I'm saying uh, this was him picking on a bad defense, I'm actually going to say it's real. Yeah. And see, that's funny you say that because I'm going to say it's fake, but to, uh, you know, caveat it. Yeah. With the the injuries that have occurred, you you very well could be picking him up against what's looked like a poor Steelers defense. But I'm just concerned that ever since his injuries, this is really the first game where he's looked anything like what he was previously. But the Bengals were just awful. Um, Tampa Bay, like we said when we did the the recap of the Thursday night game where they played the Panthers now, it could be that they just have a good defense that nobody saw coming because they've been so poor. Um, Yeah, I'd probably go... Let me me throw a couple names at you, Bob. Would you rather have Jimmy G or Jameis Winston? (sighs) Jameis, I'm just going to believe that he's going to get it going with better weapons. What about um, Jimmy G or Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, Jimmy G. Mitchell looks awful right now. And one more. Uh, Jimmy G or uh, Jacoby Brissett? 
Uh, Jimmy G. So, yeah, two out of three. Uh, you know, right. I, I see him in the mid to late teens moving forward. So you he's somebody that when you see the matchup, like possibly this week, you're probably going to play him. But for the whole haul, I, I, I'm just going to say it's fake and he just picked on a bad defense there. So right so dan the bad one and boy it's been really bad and this this was my concern when i my bold not take about adam thielen not being a wide receiver one it's i thought it was for other reasons but this compounds at kirk cousins 14 for 32 230 yards one touchdown two interceptions one fumble through two weeks he's 22 for 42 that's a 52.4 percent completion rate 328 yards two touchdowns two interceptions the team only looks effective when Dalvin Cook runs the ball and it doesn't look like he can competently pass the ball which is stunning because in theory he has one of the best duos in the league and it's making that contract look awful in retrospect so Dan is this the real Kirk Cousins or is it just he's had a couple bad weeks to start the season I'm saying it's a fake Kirk Cousins and he's just had two really bad leagues uh, and he's also had a you know not gone up against um, you know easy defenses either so this past week he had Green Bay who I think this defense is better than advertised right um, week one they were much better than I think anybody expected them to be right right and then Atlanta okay that offense that defense doesn't look terrible either um i mean they kept philadelphia in check uh for almost the entirety of the game this past uh sunday night so i think this weekend uh is the real test so going against oakland that defense does not look that spectacular i would rather you know if i'm streaming defenses i would have rather probably played atlanta or green bay other than Oakland. So uh, I, I think that there is room for improvement this week. Um, but the other thing is, is that when you have a running back like Dalvin Cook, who's been so effective through the first two weeks, uh, I mean, he's been he's been the best running back in fantasy. Um I mean, you don't really need to throw the ball a ton. And that's kind of what it boiled down to in week one is that they didn't need to throw the ball a ton because they were running the ball so well. So uh, I I think it's going to come to a head this week. If you have a bad game out of him this week, now I think you're you're really starting to kind of worry that you invested a little bit too much money in Mr. Cousins. But, uh, I mean, last year he supported Thielen and Diggs. uh, So I don't feel like there's going to be any – any question that he's going to turn it around. I think this is fake. I think Diggs will be fine. I think Thielen will be fine. Um, I think it's just they need to jumpstart this offense, and I think this is the week they do that. Yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's real, uh, and it's really – going to hold true to be real as long as Dalvin Cook's healthy because um, it's painfully obvious they want to run the ball. Um, now, yeah, granted, he does have a good matchup this week. Then he gets the Bears, bad matchup. Then he gets the Giants, good matchup. Eagles, Lions, Redskins, and then Chiefs, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Packers, Bears. So there are some tougher matchups there um and i don't i don't know there's just like you said it's so deep of a position that 
Give me Josh Allen. Give me really Jimmy Garoppolo. Give me Jameis Winston. I'm already naming three. Um, I just think they came into the season wanting to run the ball. That's what they're proving to do. Um, I believe they would have enough faith in Alexander Madison if something did happen to Dalvin Cook where they could still run the ball more than they throw it. And I just don't know. Everything about him says this is just the the real Kirk Cousins. Now, he he could have your 303 game. He'll do that. But I think this is more along the lines of what you're going to see mid to high 200s, touchdown or two, and multiple turnovers, which in fantasy – I could find better options. So, so far, Dan, we're, we're on different pages with uh, real or fake, which is, makes for interesting discussions here. So over under 20 fantasy points for Kirk Cousins this week. I'm going to say under barely 19, Ooh, 18. You're going you're gonna to take the under? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take the over and we'll make our typical bet one beer. Sounds good. Sounds Greg. Uh, let's go to the running backs, and we teased the bad one, but let's start with the good one here. Matt Breda, 12 rushes, 121 yards, one reception, 11 yards. I mean, to me, he showed this last year when he got the ability to be a quote-unquote lead slash workhorse back. Now, he didn't necessarily get a workhorse type of load this week, but he doesn't need to. He showed that he can provide value in the pass game as well. And I don't think it matters if Mostert or Jeff Wilson is also involved. I mean, he ran for a high uh, yards per carry last year. He got it done receiving. The coach knows how to use multiple running backs going back to his time in Atlanta. Dan, I'm going to get this one started. I think this is real as long as he's healthy. He could provide this type of stat line. I mean, 10 yards a carry. Um, I think he could catch it more than what he was given the opportunity to do. Uh, I don't think it was just a bad defense. Um, I like Matt Braid. I know he was a target when we started our Dynasty League team that you know we, we sort of said, hey, we should get this guy He's sitting on waivers before anybody else notices. And he paid yep. dividends. Uh, as long, I mean, all he has to do is stay healthy. And even when... Coleman comes back, he's still going to be involved just like the plans were. So I think this is this is real. I think you can expect, at worst, a flex-type performance weekly from Matt Breda. I, I agree with you, and I, I agree. I say this is real, too. Um, and it's only because not only because uh, last season he kind of came on the scene out of nowhere and was a serviceable fantasy running back. Um, but, you know, the only thing that bothers me about Breda, it's not necessarily that he's not going to get the touches. It's not that he's not, you know, de facto the number one right now is, can you give the guy a goal line carry? I please? know, right? Can you, can you just let him get a touchdown? Come on, man. Give the guy a touchdown. And, I, you know, that's the only thing. It worries me that, you know, guys like Wilson are going to vulture the, the touchdowns. And it's really going to take him, you know, to break big time plays for him to even get in the end zone. So where the yardage is going to be there, where the touches are going to be there. um, I I don't know. The the one thing that I kept thinking about when you were going through um, all of these stats is is when Tevin Coleman comes back, is he going to be on the outside looking in on this? Is there even a spot for Jarek McKinnon on this team ever again? I, uh, I just don't know. Yeah, I really do think Coleman because they're show. I mean, Mostert showed well, and even Jeff Wilson showed well last year. So, right. I mean, 
Will Will Coleman play? Yeah, but will he be the lead? I mean, I dropped him in the other league. I drafted him in to pick up, um, uh, you know, another player um, because I didn't want to wait out the injury. So right. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think Coleman's going to be on the outside uh, looking in. Will he be involved? Sure, but will he be considered the running back one on that team? I, I just don't think so. So sure. And yeah, we teased it, Dan. Devonta Freeman's our bad, and it's been oh man crazy bad the first two games 11 rushes 22 yards he did somewhat save it with three receptions 42 yards but here's his two game uh, stat line so far 19 rushes 41 yards that's 2.2 yards per attempt six receptions 54 yards now one positive thing is the snap count went more in his favor week one it was 50 50 with ito smith this week it was 62 38 but still, um, you know, I thought he'd be more of a workhorse. Uh, he was w- my running back selection for 2019 players set to explode, but that's looking like it could be rough in retrospect. Dan, is this the real Devonta Freeman this year, or is this fake? I'm very concerned it's real. And there's a part of me that desperately needs it to be fake. Um, but it, it looks it looks real, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm going to say it's real. And it, it's just like there, there's no pep in the step. There, there's not anything there that when you touch – when he touches the ball – uh, you think, oh, he's taking this baby yard. Like the, the running game's just been putrid in Atlanta. Um, Edo Smith has been okay, um, but you really thought Devonta Freeman was just going to pick up where he left off uh, two years ago, uh, and he hasn't. Um, so, you know, you want this to be fake because I, I know that there was a strategy out there, draft strategy out there, where you go wide receiver one, round one, wide receiver two, round two, and then look to grab somebody like Devonta Freeman and hope that he kind of was the Freeman of old. And thus far, that strategy has proven to be devastating um, considering some of the weeks that you got out of those you know, wide receiver ones as well. So I'm going to say it's it, – <laughs> Oh, it pains me to say it's real, but I'm going to say it's real. Uh, I think we're going to be left um, with some disappointing weeks, multiple disappointing weeks of Devonta Freeman. And I think there could be some real concern at some point that maybe Edo Smith overtakes him uh, as the number one back there if he doesn't turn it up a notch or two. Yeah, I'm going to tentatively say it's real. If uh, it's Just nothing about it looks good. He's barely saving it, but not even to the level that you'd like with the receiving. A 6 for 54 through 2 games doesn't right it's not that sort of like Le'Veon Bell can save his day by catching 10 passes in a game that just doesn't look sure. like they want Devonta Freeman to do that and I wonder if they just said look the guy's been injured for two years in a row let's let's try and preserve him to a point and it's just going to cost him the ability to produce that high level uh, type of stat line that maybe you know everybody I know I was hoping that would come back uh, when you looked at Getting rid of Tevin Coleman, Edo Smith didn't do too well. Well, now Devonta Freeman's not doing too hot. So I'm going to say it's real, but I'm uh, tentatively hopeful that he's just getting out of the gate slow. But can't say anything right. else, but it is real. 2.2 yards per carry is not going to cut it in this league. So Nope. 
So, Dan, let's move on to wide receivers. And uh, the good's a guy that I have stock in in pretty much every league that I'm in, and it's Chris Godwin. He won eight receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. Uh, He looks to be Winston's wide receiver one so far ahead of Mike Evans through two weeks. Through two weeks, he has 11 receptions, 174 yards. That's 15.8 yards per catch, two touchdowns. I mean, the coaches said he could be a 100-catch guy, and at this point, he's on pace for 88 with, I think, room to improve that as we saw in week two. Uh, Dan, I'm going to start this. I mean, this is what I bought into, so I'm going to say this is real. Um, You know, Jameis Winston can still be erratic and a person that you don't want to be your lead quarterback uh, on your fantasy squad doesn't mean he's not going to have people that are going to produce. Now, Mike Evans is bound to explode here sooner or later, but it looks to me like Godwin's going to be an integral, if not one of the key parts to this passing attack and this entire offense. So I just see it going up from here. Winston looks his way often. He throws it to him often. He moves the chains for Winston. To me, this is the real deal. I like Chris Godwin going forward. I agree with you. I think it's real. He's a guy I invested in in the leagues that I could get him in where you didn't take him. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you. But here's the other thing is, is that I, I don't think that you are. It's time if you're Mike Evans owner, it is not time for you to say, well, it's over. You know, he, he's not the number one anymore. It's God. It's all Godwin now. No, 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 no. Be patient. Be yes. patient. He will be back. It will all come full circle. He's too good of a receiver to not have big time breakout games. It's the draft capital is there. It's just a matter of time. And here's the other thing is that if you have someone in your league that's being an absolute Mike Evans pessimist, try to get Mike Evans off of that person because they might say, you know what? I don't want to deal with this anymore. Two weeks is enough for me. Uh, I'm, I'm getting rid of him. Yeah, I and mean, try to snag that. Try to snag that guy right here, right now. I, I think it's only a matter of time. You said it to you, Bob, before Mike Evans just gets back to doing what Mike Evans does best, which is scoring boatloads of fantasy points. Yeah, Dan, in, in our league of record, after Craig's disappointing week one, where I thought, man, he, he might be tilting in week one I, I threw it out to him I said hey w- you know what are you feeling about Mike Evans here and he said you know sort of let me look into it but after taking the day to look through it he's like I'm not gonna tilt and I think it's the right move on his end I, I'm right. holding on to Mike yep. Evans but yeah if you I would just reach out to the owner in any league you're in and just say hey what's what's your thoughts uh you want to make a move on Mike Evans and right. I would try to get him at all costs if if possible so yeah yep so, Dan, the bad, uh, you sort of talked about him earlier. Stefan Diggs was very close to having a complete goose egg, but had one reception, 49 yards for one touchdown. So, sort of saved it there, but boy, was it a nail biter. And the weird thing was. And it was that- a nice touchdown grab, too. <laughs> he basically snagged it right out of the hands of the defensive back. But here's sort of the weird thing that was on seven targets. He could only get one of those. So, through two right. games. Three receptions, 86 yards, one touchdowns. Is it possible that Kirk Cousins is just going to drive down his value for the rest of the season? Dan, is this the real Stefan Diggs? I think I know what you're going to say, or is this fake? No, because I have to say it's fake because I already said the Kirk Cousins is fake. So I can't uh, just kind of you know backtrack there. Uh, no, I think this is fake. I think, again, uh, it's been two weeks against good defenses. Kirk Cousins has not been stellar. Um, and Dalvin Cook has been spectacular. Um, 
And I think when you have a good running game, the thing that comes along with a good running game is an excellent play action pass game because they have to sell out to stop the run. They've got to sell out to stop Dalvin Cook, which hopefully won't open things up for Thielen and Diggs. I, I think Diggs is a, is a big is the big play guy here. Thielen is, is a guy who, to me, is a little bit more of a chain mover who you're going to get more of a – he almost has a – if there is a style, a Julian – Edelman style game to him um, where I think Stefan Diggs, you're going to get bigger plays uh, down the field action. You saw he still has that. And let's be honest, if it takes you one, if you can save your fantasy day to a certain degree with one play, that's not something that a lot of other players can do in fantasy. Um, you get that with Stefan Diggs. And I, I'm thinking right now, just like with Mike Evans, if there's a, if there's a pessimist out there, who is hating on having Stefan Diggs, I would be fine saying, hey, you know what? what what's it going to take for you to give uh, give me a shot at having him on my squad? Um, because maybe they're so fed up with weeks one and two, or maybe they are so kind of down on Kirk Cousins like some people are, uh, you can get him at a discount. And this is a guy who can save your, again, save his fantasy day with one play, with one play, he saves the day. So uh, I, I think that's kind of where I come down. I think it's going to be fine. Uh, you stay the course with Stefan Diggs, just like you stay the course with guys like Mike Evans. Yeah. And I sort of like you said, I've got to say it's real because I, I'm correlating him to Kirk Cousins. So unfortunately I think this is real. I think his ceilings much lower than what it was uh, in the previous two years. Um, I mean, it just goes back to a lot of the things I said about cousins is super run heavy. They want to keep it that way. And when they do pass, I think it's going to funnel through Thielen first, dig second. So with all that said, I don't, I can't go into too much more detail because I've already said it, but I, I think Diggs is the one that gets hurt between him and Thielen. So um, unfortunately, I got to say this is real. Now, he's not going to have games like this every time, but I, I don't think he's going to reach the ceiling where people thought, okay, he's ready to overtake Thielen. I, I just don't see that coming, unfortunately. So, And then, Dan, let's close it up with tight end. And... Are good. I, damn, we're going to start whistling Disley again. He's back. Will Disley, five receptions, <laughs> 50 yards, two touchdowns. He did this through the first two games of 2018 before his big injury where he had 10 targets, six receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. The injury really derailed what we thought we could see. If he, Is he going to become what we thought Jimmy Graham could be in Seattle before the downturn happened there? The question that I have about this, Dan, is can this run-heavy type of offense support three weapons? Because Lockett and Metcalf are involved. Can Disley be involved? Dan, is this type of performance real or fake from Will Disley? Uh, oh, man. This is a tough one, frankly. Uh, because, like you said, uh, there is room there um, for him to have games like this. Um you know what? I'm, I'm going to say it's real. I'm going in on Disley right now. Uh, you know, it looks like, you know, Mr. Wilson is, is looking through to him more often than not. Um, outside of DK Metcalf, frankly, I think Disley it has been one of the other bright spots of the passing game. And they're still going to pass the ball. I mean, for as run heavy as they were, um, let's look at this, you know, Russell Wilson threw for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns last week. 
So, you know, the, these days of, oh, they're a run-heavy team, they're not going to pass the ball, you know. The, the days of Russell Wilson as a fantasy viable quarterback are kind of over because the offense, no, 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 no. They're still passing there. Uh, and let's think about how, you know, dynamic Jimmy Graham was there for even the short period of time in which he was at that, you know, spot where he had multiple touchdowns. Uh, this is a place where I think if you have a good, decent athletic tight end, um, they can make some noise. Um, you know, if you're streaming tight end, you could do a lot worse than Disley. Uh, so why not give him a shot? So I'm going to say, you know what? I'm buying in. I'm saying it's real. Yeah, I'm going to say it's real, too. I mean, he showed he could do it in multiple games last year before he was injured, and it looks like he's back in full health. And, you know, I mean, really, with Tyler Lockett not being super heavily involved, uh, I still think he's going to be the game-breaker, and I think DK's obviously a threat. He's proven that in the first two games. But um, it looks like Russell Wilson has total confidence in what he can offer as a pass catcher so yeah in one of those options like we said where you've got a tight end that's hurt like in joku i would actually pick him up and just see if it continues because i mean sure it's not like this is out of nowhere like it was last year he did it last year and now he's doing it again so right. he doesn't need a ton of targets seems like he catches everything that comes his way and it seems like he has a nose for the end zone so yeah i'm gonna say this is real i think if you have the faith of one of the better quarterbacks he's gonna make you involved uh in the passing attack there so dan let's close it out with dk metcalf has been a, a nice surprise by the way uh in terms of rookie receivers him and hollywood two very consistent week uh two week outings uh i think there's a real chance for dk metcalf to make a lot of fantasy noise this season i agree dan let's go to our bad uh this is a guy that uh you bought into last year he paid dividends for jared cook two receptions 25 yards so after having a career year in oakland last year cook is sputtering out of the gates he has four receptions for 62 yards Drew Brees is out for multiple weeks. We know that. Does Teddy Bridgewater lean on him more, or is it going to be more of the same? Dan, I'm going to get it started. I'm saying this is real, especially with the Drew Brees injury. If you can't produce with a healthy Brees that looked good before his injury, I'm not going to have more confidence when you're going to have Teddy Bridgewater. So if I can, I'm I'm moving on from Jared Cook. I just think this is real. There's too many things going against him, especially now with the Drew Brees injury. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and uh, I, I moved on from Jerry Cook in a couple of leagues, frankly, uh, just because of how all of a sudden there are a uh, plethora of quality tight end options in fantasy out of nowhere. I haven't been able to, to sing my favorite song this year so far because there is no tight end wasteland. So I, I don't uh, – I, I agree with you. I think this is real – uh, it's disappointing that it's real because I think there was a lot of people who are th- thinking Jared Cook is going to be a bargain for I get him in my fantasy draft because this is going to be the return of the elite pass catching tight end to this new Orleans offense. That has not been the case. It's not been the case whatsoever through the first two weeks. And now your elite quarterback is no longer there. You're going with backup. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater was OK when he was in Minnesota. But he's not Drew Brees. So I, I think they're not going to necessarily lean very much on Jared Cook. The guys they're going to lead on are Kamara 
they're going to lead on uh, Michael Thomas, and maybe Jared Cook can get you uh, a, a, a catch or a touchdown here or there. Um, but this isn't Jamie Graham from back in those years where he was, you know, pretty much a wide receiver one. Uh, this is not that again. Uh, I think people thought that was going to be the case, but it's not been, and it doesn't look to be, and I don't expect it to be. So, which is why I agree with you, Bob. I think this is real. Uh, would you rather have Disley or Jared Cook at this for the point, rest of your fantasy season? At this point, Disley. He's at least getting in the end zone. Oh, you're gonna be. So you're gonna be whistling Disley then? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, just walking up to the <laughs> walking up to the free agency, uh, putting my money down and whistling Disley. <laughs> Real beaut. So, so yeah, that that covers our week two uh, real or fake segment. Uh, once again, another great segment to really dive in deeper into performances and try and decipher something to buy into or something to move on from. So, Dan, before we close things up, let's go ahead and give our Thursday night quick preview. The week three Thursday night game this week is the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a divisional matchup between uh, two teams that uh, seem to be going in somewhat different directions here. So, Dan, I'll give my quick synopsis here and then throw out a question for you. Um, Derrick Henry is becoming must-start uh, once again. I, you know, This is something I was hoping would happen, but the workload is so heavy and he's so involved that regardless of defense, I mean, you have to play him. I doubt you have many options on your team that are going to be better than him. And keep in mind, Dan, and this is a game that we will never forget because we recorded live when they played the last <laughs> Thursday night. He torched this same defense for 238 yards on 17 carries, and he quoted it, Dan. He went in for four touchdowns. So that's, I mean, that's never going to happen. But over 100 yards and a touchdown or two is very well within his realm of capabilities. To me, on the Tennessee side of things, he's the only guy that I could say, yes, you're starting. Delaney Walker, I would start, but if if I could avoid it, I would, but I just don't think this is a good matchup for him. Derrick Henry, to me, on the Titans side is the guy that I'm looking at. What do you say as far as the Titans are concerned? No, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think now, I mean, you're, you're a big Derrick Henry proponent, proponent and somebody who I was very hesitant to buy into, but you, I will defer to you in this instance, appear to be completely right. It looks like he's finally putting it together at the beginning of the season, <clears throat> as opposed to waiting till the last three or four weeks uh, to sit on our bench and score 50. But yeah. could, could have uh, won our expect... dynasty championship, possibly, <laughs> if we play him. Right. I, I don't expect him to have that type of game, but this is also going to be a team that in Jacksonville um, that is, is going through a lot of off the field stuff. It seems like um, arguments on the sideline between your, your all-star um, all pro cornerback and your coach. Um, you know, people are saying I saw in Roto world, you know, the team's already quitting on the coach. I think it's too early to say that. I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Um, so either Jacksonville's going to come in and be like, eh, whatever. And it's a Thursday night game. So you're going to get a little bit of eh, whatever anyways. Uh, so it could be a huge night for Derrick Henry. 
I'm starting him. He's a must start. Um, and I agree. I, I would look to Laney Walker. He's, he, I mean, he, he's like the, another guy who time forgot. I mean, he just looks like the same old Laney Walker, uh, even after that gruesome injury last year. So welcome back to him. He looks spectacular on the other side of things. Uh, I, I don't think I'm starting anyone. Uh, I think that this Tennessee Titans defense, uh, is better than advertised. You probably have to start Leonard Fournette. Or maybe you don't. Yeah, Dan, um, but... it's funny you say that because I was pulling up just his numbers in preparation for this. So far, 28 rushes, 113 yards, four yards per carry, okay, but no touchdowns. He is giving you four receptions per game. But you would have thought at least against Kansas City he's putting together a bigger stat line. So I'm a little nervous right. about him. Yeah, I, I would avoid him if I had the option to I, I agree with you there i mean i i've seen some drafts where Fournette was your third running back uh i, I don't think you're playing this week I, I, again this tennessee titans defense legit was the one that manhandled that cleveland browns offense just two weeks ago so uh i i don't think that you should feel pretty good but if you're playing the tennessee titans defense I'm going in on all in on that this week. I mean, use a monster defensive performance out of uh, the Patriots this week. I mean, some leagues they got up to 49 points from a defense. That's insane. I could see lots of turnovers in this game. Uh, you've got Gardner Minshew potentially <laughs> under the center, so and uh, man-eating Chark. Uh, I don't expect a lot of action out of him. Uh, so, uh, frankly, the only guy that really interests me uh, is the uh, the Derrick Henry. Uh, if you're a two quarterback league, I, I might roll the dice on Mariota too, just to see, uh, just just kind of counting on maybe this Jacksonville defense uh, has some. Uh, Maybe, maybe just not as much spunk as they usually have. They, they might be a little bit down. Yeah, so you're, I'm sort of with you. I'm trying to avoid all Jacksonville players, and you said it the best. This this Titans defense is legit. I mean, they they just yep. look like they're one of the more complete defenses in the league. And yeah, I was going to ask you about the man-eating Chark. Does he look more like Jaws early in the movie where he's eating up everything like he has been the first two weeks? It sounds like he's going to be more the Jaws at the end of the movie where he gets his comeuppance. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, if he's rolling around with the explosive barrel in his mouth quite yet. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to – I don't think this is the week you want to play him. Uh, I expect uh, Gardner Minshew to kind of be eaten up a little bit by this Titans defense. And I don't expect Leonard Fournette to do to be doing a whole heck of a lot either. So uh, I'm staying away from Jacksonville skill players this week. I'm going elsewhere. There are better matchups out there fantasy-wise. And you probably can play somebody else uh, instead of Leonard Fournette. And now watch Leonard Fournette have one million yards some way somehow. Yeah, so <laughs> so you brought it up. It sounds like Gardner's gonna get men shooed up by the Tennessee defense. <laughs> We're just having so much pun with this Jacksonville offensive team. Oh, that was punny. <laughs> yeah, but just real quick before we, we close up. Yeah, Chark, still somebody I'm stashing if he's still out there because so far, I mean, let's see, 13 targets, 11 receptions, 201 yards, two touchdowns, one of the surprises. Does he come back to earth? More than likely, but I'd like to stash him just to see how this all plays out because if he has a big game here, right. I think he's set up for a big season out of, out of nowhere, really, so... 
So yeah, Dan, that covers all of the news and information that we wanted to go over on this episode. So let's go ahead and close up the show. Yeah, look for us on our Thursday episode. We get the band back together. We'll do our rankings review, and then we'll get back to the Getting Drafting on Draft app. I'm sure our buddy John's looking forward to it after his week one win, so I'm I'm sure he's glad to to get back into the swing of things here. But, uh, yeah, we'll do our typical rankings, getting ready for week three. But, um, as always, remember to join us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F, Twitter and Instagram. Especially on Twitter. The interaction's been great. Um, we can't ask for much more. Um, we really appreciate everybody that's giving us a chance on there. If you feel like you want to communicate via email, nottakesff at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash nottakesff, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm forward slash nottakesff. You can listen and follow us there, or they have links to the 12 major platforms that we're on. So if you want Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, whatever you want to listen to, it's on there with a direct link where you can find us. Um, Feel free to make sure to subscribe as well when you do click on one of those links any platform that you're on we want to make sure you subscribe so you can get every episode that we drop three a week during the regular season and i was reading through i really appreciate the feedback that we're getting on apple Podcasts specifically dan we've got 15 reviews uh, so far we've got a five-star rating but i do appreciate ones like this where uh i love obi-wan kenobi sent us Knowledgeable and passionate about fantasy, you'll hear valuable discussion on player news, draft strategy, options related to the game. It's backed up by a fair amount of data and stats. Uh, he gave us four stars, Dan, because we got to work through some of the growing pains with a new podcast of some background noises, microphone sound problems. This is the type of feedback we want. We're trying to work through those. Uh, I know with the move I've had, it's uh, been a little challenging. Um, so this is the type of feedback we want. So like obi-wan kenobi did go ahead and give us the feedback it's only going to help us grow so we appreciate it give us a five-star rating if you like give us a review like that so we know what to get better on uh it's all value to us so dan why don't you go ahead and end it with a shout out to your brother tom and it's all great value to us uh yeah and it's a it's a song called mom it's been with us from the very beginning if you like what my brother is doing check him out on that soundcloud it's that dude tom and thank you tom for uh you know letting us use this lovely tune uh to lay down that soundtrack of the not takes fantasy football podcast yeah and don't forget to check us out clipcast uh clipcast.app where you can search players and get specific clips from any and all podcasts are on that platform we're on there so make sure to check us out And we'll check you guys out Thursday where we go over our rankings review and getting drafty on the draft app. Until then, Dan, I will talk to you 